This podcast is produced by the marketing department at Corona Inc. in Peabody, Massachusetts, for the benefit of its North American sales resources, including the team of employees and sales channel partners, for the purpose of entertaining and transferring knowledge on one specific topic. OptiWave 6300C, the best solution for solids-level measurement applications. Mr. Phelps, measuring solids levels reliably and accurately is often deemed to be an impossible mission. The atmosphere surrounding the vessel is often dangerous because of the potential for explosions. The vessels are often very tall cylindrical silos equating to a very long measuring range. The product itself can have settled so it does not lay flat. It can also be subject to rapid level changes. The open air space inside the vessel can be very dusty. And finally, there's a good chance that there will be a coating of material building on any interior surface, including the level measuring device itself. The level measurement is used for a variety of reasons, including process control, safety systems, or inventory monitoring. Some examples of solids that are needed to be measured include cement, lime, calcium carbonate, fly ash, coal, wood chips, sugar, rice, flour, grains, corn, spices, milk powder, pet food, chemicals, PVC, pellets, aggregate, sand, salt, and the list goes on and on. While manual gauging is still used, most plant operators would rather avoid sending someone to perform the task, given the inherent dangers. So, in answer to the need for measurement instrumentation, several methods have evolved over time. Bin bobs, or mechanical gauges, are still very popular devices by virtue of their low initial cost and simplicity of design. These are mechanical, motorized level devices that feature a weight at the end of a cable, which, in turn, is wound around a spool. To measure level, the motor turns to unwind the cable, and the weight which keeps the cable under tension is lowered until it reaches the top of the material in the vessel. At that point, the tension in the cable is sensed to have reduced, and the weight, or bob, is retracted. The number of spool turns equates to the distance traveled by the weight from the top of the vessel to the surface of the material in the silo. This process effectively emulates a manual gauging process. By simply subtracting the distance measured from the overall vessel height, the result is the level of the product inside. Bin bobs can operate on a timed interval or they can be triggered on demand. Some applications might have multiple level devices installed in different spots in the vessel in order to provide enough information to average out the measured level throughout the silo since, as I mentioned before, the product is most often not laying flat. Other continuous technologies that have been applied include contact sensors like time domain reflectometry or RF capacitance and non-contact ones such as nuclear gauges, ultrasonic, laser or radar. To greatly simplify the concepts, let me just say that electronic contact technologies sense the level through a change of electrical properties at the point where the probe comes in contact with a different surrounding material. For example, where the probe comes in contact with cement instead of air. Non-contact technologies depend on a reflection of energy from the surface of the measured material. 
In both cases, there is an emitted signal, and at some point, there is a return signal. The time difference between the two equates to the distance traveled. And as mentioned before, if you know the distance, you can easily calculate level. While nuclear gauges are somewhat similar, they don't depend on reflected energy. Rather, most often there is an emitter or a radiation source, and on the opposite side of the vessel, there is a sensor or detector. The amount of radiation sensed at the detector is inversely proportional to the level in the vessel. Load cells, which measure the weight of the vessel instead of the level, are also very popular. Now, we haven't even touched on switches, but there are many types of switches which operate on all sorts of principles. Since we don't have the time to dig into all of the methods used for continuous or switch applications, if you want to dig into any of the principles, take a peek at the Wikipedia page titled Level Sensors. For the purpose of this discussion, let's stick to continuous level and specifically radar level. Krona has risen to the challenge of solids levels applications with a truly unique and innovative solution, the OptiWave 6300C non-contact radar level meter. The loop-powered OptiWave 6300C prominently features an innovative egg-shaped drop antenna specifically designed for use in extremely dusty atmospheres with no purging necessary. As mentioned, Non-contact radar is a distance measuring device that emits a signal and then processes the distance based on the time elapsed until a signal reflection is sensed. There are physical laws that allow the time delay information to be accurately interpreted into distance depending on the type of signal used and its frequency. For example, if you were to yell down a well, you could readily determine the depth of the water by counting the elapsed time until an echo is heard back. The sound of your voice is carried through the air, and while there are many factors in play that may affect the accuracy of the measured distance, such as hu air humidity and temperature, the basic principle is clear. The most crucial factor in this example is the resolution of the time measuring device. Instead of sound, Radar and other microwave devices emit an electromagnetic energy pulse at a much higher frequency than sound. Sonic and ultrasound devices operate at low frequencies in the hertz to kilohertz range, while TDR and radar units operate in the megahertz or gigahertz range. A hertz is a simple unit of frequency, and the higher the number, the higher the number of cycles per second. The energy signal is emitted from the instrument. Then it is partly reflected by the surface of the product being measured and received with a time delay, T. This delay time is based on the physical distance, D, and the speed of light, C, in the open space between the instrument and the top of the material being measured. The time delay formula is T equals 2D divided by C, or time equals two times the distance divided by the speed of light. For sound, the time delay can be seconds. For microwaves, the delay is often micro or even nanoseconds. Now, did you notice I said the signal is partly reflected? The reason it's partly reflected has to do with reflectivity, the reflectivity of the product being measured. The measure of reflectivity that is most commonly used is known as material dielectric. Dielectric happens to be the inverse of reflectivity. 
In electronics, dielectric is often used to identify capacitors and insulation materials for things like coaxial cables. A higher dielectric indicates a higher insulation property. Dielectric is also a measured property that helps to gauge how much sound or electromagnetic energy at certain frequencies will be absorbed or reflected by a material. Consider a recording studio, for example. In order to minimize any stray echoes or interfering sound noise, the studio is engineered to have padding on the walls. The padding is of a certain low dielectric material that absorbs sound energy so no echoes can bounce off. On the other hand, a cave made of high dielectric bare rock and water will easily echo any sound for a very long distance, and in some cases the echo will also reflect even more echoes. For our purposes, it's sufficient to know that the higher a material's dielectric, the more reflected energy is available for distance or level measurement with an electromagnetic energy pulse. By knowing the dielectric, you can determine the maximum measuring range possible with radar technologies. Whereas water has a dielectric of 80, most solids have a very low dielectric, generally less than 5. This factor can complicate radar level measurement since there is a very low amount of reflected energy available for measurement, and so any interfering noise can stifle the result. There are two basic types of signal techniques. One is pulsed, and the other is FMCW. Pulsed radar operates much like ultrasonic and TDR principles, and the yelling down a well example from earlier. You emit a pulse of energy, and you wait for an echo. As you might expect, you have to leave a fair amount of time in between the pulses so you can allow for the echo to be heard or sensed. Conceptually, all you have to do is time the cycle and then convert the time to distance and level. Pulsed radar is very cost-effective, but it is sometimes challenging to use in solids applications. The inherent atmospheric interferences in the silo, in combination with the low material dielectric, make it really difficult to reliably get a reflected signal at the sensor. Because of the cost advantage, however, you will find pulsed radar used in some applications that are relatively simple, such as short-range measurements or wet aggregate. The wetness substantially increases the surface dielectric and makes the reflections much stronger. Ultrasonic devices with very low frequency or very high power signals can also be found in many applications, based mostly on the fact that the technology has been used for many more years than radar. In the OptiWave 6300, the radar technology principle used is a Frequency Modulated Continuous Wave, or FMCW for short. The FMCW radar circuitry emits a continuous signal whose frequency increases linearly during the measurement phase. This is called the frequency sweep. The sensor, in turn, is always listening for the reflected signal, which is also coming back as a frequency sweep. Here, then, is a key difference between pulsed radar, which is in a time domain, and FMCW radar, which operates in a frequency domain. In this domain, the circuit evaluates how much of the sensed signal lies within each specific frequency in the frequency band. By applying a fast Fourier transformation, or FFT, the microprocessor can convert the frequency domain to a time domain at which point the distance is derived. It turns out 
that by producing much more available signal, FMCW is a much more reliable method for the most challenging applications. And that's why the most accurate large inventory tank gauges and even most of our competitors' solids-level radar instruments are all based on this technique. FMCW is faster, so it can handle rapid level changes, which can happen in solids applications where you can have phenomena such as rat-holing during product drawdown or bulk shifts during settling or filling. FMCW is also better in noisy applications where interference is present. On the downside, it's a much higher degree of complexity in computing processing, and therefore it costs more than a time-based pulse approach. So far, we've discussed the challenges and some basics of radar principles, but we haven't even touched on the most visible difference between the OptiWave 6300C and most other radar devices, and that's the antenna design itself. Radar level units that feature horn antennas in powder or solids applications require periodic cleaning or continuous purging to keep the antenna clean. Any product buildup at the antenna will interfere with the signal and can ultimately block the measurement. If not equipped with an automatic and effective air or inert gas purge option, the horns must be removed from the surface at the tank top to be visually inspected or manually cleaned on a periodic basis. Because some dusts and powders can ignite, selecting the right purge gas is also crucial to avoid creating an explosion. The OptiWave 6300C's 3-inch or 6-inch elliptical drop-shaped polypropylene or Teflon radar antenna is effectively impervious to the typical buildup of material in powder and solids applications, so it doesn't require purging, nor the associated air or inert gas supply at the tank top. The drop design also enhances the FMCW performance by focusing the energy in a narrower beam which improves level sensing in low dielectric solids. This extends the unit's effective measuring range. It can be adapted to a variety of tank nozzles or openings with available antenna extensions and a choice of flanged or threaded connection options. And it does not need any kind of special tank fitting or even an aiming kit. Also on the subject of installation, other level gauges may require AC line power in an often highly explosive area at the tank top. But the OptiWave 6300 can measure safely and reliably with just loop power. Incidentally, the drop antenna was developed after years of research at a specialty laboratory at the Ruhr University Bochum, which is located in Germany, only a few kilometers away from Krona's R&D headquarters. Its shape and construction was the subject of countless hours of testing and optimizing for the purpose of making it the best solution for solids applications. But to make our solution even better, the antenna is also coupled with a dedicated signal processing software algorithm in the OptiWave 6300 specifically for interpreting solids level information. This software enhances the performance where the material is not lying flat and when there is very little available reflected energy. There is no question that measuring solids level reliably and accurately continues to be a big challenge for most plant operators. Now, the technological advances in the OptiWave 6300C have been proven to easily handle those challenges in hundreds of applications worldwide. Mr. Phelps, 
Your challenge, therefore, if you and your team are willing to accept it, is to infiltrate your solids level prospects and convince them that our competitors do not have an adequate product for this formerly impossible mission and to promote the OptiWave 6300C with its unique drop antenna and special software as the solution they need. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Corona Product Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at and make sure to refer to the specific topic of this podcast. Any suggestions for future topics would also be very welcomed. Thanks again.